Welcome to the Sober Gay Guy Podcast. My name is TJ and I have no idea what's going on, but I do know that I'm doing my best and that I'm feeling it all along the way. Join me and my friends and listen in on our sometimes serious, but most of the time ridiculous take on life and how we're trying to figure it all out along the way. Join me and my guests as we talk about addiction and recovery, our family, our kids, uh, sometimes our other friends and the jerks on the road that we really want to just run over with our cars. We'll laugh. Sometimes we'll cry. Most of the time it's just going to be fun. So pull up a chair, pour yourself a cup of coffee, maybe a cold bubble water and join us and join in on the fun. We're glad you're here. We're all important. Well, I am glad you are here on this Friday. I am introducing to you all today this different kind of a version of my podcast. You know, in a um, genuine attempt to help as many people as I can, um, I wanted to have all kinds of types of episodes, uh, specifically three kinds of types, so not all kinds of types. Obviously, I wanted to be able to have guests on my show. I also wanted to have blog readings, and then I also wanted to have educational, specifically educational episodes of my show known as TJ Talks. Today is one of those episodes. Today is, um, I am kind of letting it all hang out. Um, professionally, I'm taking a chance. Um, this is real life. Um, I am talking about my work. I am talking about my studio that I put all of my life and effort into and um, it is my career I put 90% of all of my time into it and an incident at my studio um, that affected me greatly and it affected my students my clients um, at the end of the day I did make a decision at the end of the day I stuck to my principles and um, I decided at the end of the day to sever my relationship with the person that I'm speaking of in this podcast. So worry not. I put my clients and I put my staff ahead of the one team member that I was having the biggest problems with. I do hope that you learn something from this episode. The one thing that I want you to learn most is that we're not alone. I want you to remember that. And once again, pushing on with my message that we all have something in common. Every single one of us shares something. This episode is about shame. We have all experienced shame. We talk about four types of shame in this particular episode. There may be other types tiny little types that fill in the blanks somewhere in the middle of these particular four types. So have a listen this evening 
or tomorrow whenever it is that you pick this episode up. I want you to enjoy it and remember that we are not alone and that we are all important. Once again, thank you for listening to my podcast. I really, really appreciate having you here. Take care. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Today, it's just little old me in TJ Talks. So you are getting just me today. Um, I am going uh, to introduce you to this new podcast version of um, my show for Sober Gay Guy. Um, I hope to be um, bringing to you um, at least once a week, or if not once a week, then once every other week. Um, I'm also recording this um, on my Sober Gay Guy YouTube channel. So um, you are going to be able to not only check it out on your favorite podcast platform, but you can also check this out on the Sober Gay Guy YouTube channel. So we'll be uploading this um, once a week. No, I'm sorry, maybe twice a week or three times a week. Whenever the hell I want to load it, uh, I'm going to upload this on the the those, those channels. So you can hear me um, on iHeartRadio, on the Apple Podcasts, on... I've said it a million times. I don't need to remind you. I'm sorry for my squeaky chair in the background. If you're watching me on YouTube, also joining me is Lucy in the background and Midgey, my dog. Um, on the couch, but you can't see her, but you can also, you can absolutely hear her snoring on the couch. So today in TJ Talks, we are going to be talking about shame. Isn't that fun? Shame. And I bring this up today because I am currently in a situation at work, uh, at the studio where, um, I had... The unfortunate situation of, hmm, well, I'm not going to name names, <laughs> but it's an uncomfortable situation. And uh, it's just an uncomfortable situation where one of my teachers, uh, I don't know if I want to talk about it just because it leaves a very uncomfortable feeling and it kind of casts a bad shadow on, on the studio, but um, something happened and one of my students was made to feel shame and it enraged me. It made me feel incredibly angry and uncomfortable. This student then went a couple of days later, almost a week later, actually, um, this student went to, and by the way, this student has been coming to the studio for well over a decade. So they are, um, they're family, you know, they're family. They are loved by the other students and teachers. And um, they're just going through a thing physically. And not able to just shine physically in the studio and this particular person 
went to another teacher and told that teacher what had happened. And in turn, that teacher came to me and shared this story. Um, Clearly, the other teacher was very, very upset about it. It is against not only the studio's principles, but obviously against yogic principle. And um, I continue to be very broadsided by it. Um, I had just, it was like a flashback immediately. Well, it wasn't immediately. It was probably, you know, after class started because this particular, this student told the teacher before class started and, um, then the teacher told me before class started and I went back to the prop room which is where I'm sitting right now because we're kind of in flux between studios and I sat there in silence and just got I mean I felt my temperature rising and my blood pressure rising and was kind of infuriated I immediately wanted to call and just you know cut ties um so I was lucky that I had to that I was forced to be in this quiet zone in the back of the studio in the prop room to, to just do some work and work on the website so after some time I felt um, this flash of my childhood come on of sixth grade in Mrs. Blatt's class. She's probably good and dead by now. Um, Not that I wish death upon people, but um, she, in sixth grade, I was tormented. Um, I was tormented a lot as as a young boy. Uh, I was clearly queer. I was not fully aware of my queerness at that point. But, you know, uh, bullies, they, (laughs) I mean, they find you and uh, they know. So whether or not it's that I only hung around girls or whether or not it was the way I spoke and my lisp or whether or not, you know, my intonations or I fucking don't know how it works, but they made fun of me and they knew it. And I didn't even know it then. Um, And Mrs. Blatt, wait, was her name Mrs. Blatt? She was the English teacher. All my friends from grade school, help me out here. I don't know that it was Mrs. Blatt. And one day in school, after all those boys, I could name you by name, made fun of me in front of the class she walked over and she said Mr. Booth I don't know why it is you feel it necessary to act like I don't know Tinkerbell or whatever movie character it is you feel like acting like some kind of bird flitting around class acting like a fairy but All of this attention you're bringing to yourself is only developing negative attention. Sit down and act like the other boys. And obviously I was humiliated. Um, I was sad uh, and I was so angry. Um, she had a white convertible. Her husband was an airline pilot and they lived in uh, they had lived in the Bahamas at one point, and I have such clear memories 
back then of her and um I just had this vision of her careening down a Bahamian mountainside, you know, and her car going up in flames. And I was just infuriated that she would shame me in front of class. Didn't she know? You can see my recording device. I have to get a stand. Didn't she know that I wasn't the problem in class? That it was the other boys? That they were the bullies? I was the new kid in town, new kid on the block, as it were, back then. Please don't go, girl. Uh, sorry. Um, I was a new kid on the block, and I was having, I was a good kid. I was a good boy. I was having fun with my best friend, Thea. We just were having a great time, and she was pointing me out. And they were the ones making fun of me. She shamed me in front of the class. She should have been helping me. She should have been doing her job. She should have been pulling me aside and saying, I'm so sorry that this is what's happening. My job (coughs) is what she should have said. (coughs) My job as an adult and as a teacher, as an educator, is to protect you. And this person at my, my studio... Their job is not to shame this student to a different part of the studio. Their job is to help this student at the studio. And that's not what they did. They didn't do their job. So for the last 48 hours now, 24, going on 24, uh, wait, today's Tuesday. Yeah, so for 24, um, for the last 24 hours, you're hearing this many days in post <laughs> recording. I have been sitting in silence, and today I listened to my friend Sarah Goggin Young. Um, she has this wonderful Tuesday morning group that listens uh, on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, she meets at 6.15 every Tuesday on Instagram, Sarah Goggin Young, The Power to Believe, every every morning at Tuesday morning. And she was uh, integral in my recovery, by the way. Uh, she was the first person I went to and I said, I got to get clean a, f- a couple of years ago. I need help. I can't do this alone, but I'm scared and I know I need to do it. Thank you, Sarah. She listens. Hopefully she'll be watching. And I listened to her this morning and the end of the talk, which is only about 20 minutes, sometimes 35. The call to action was, do not think harsh, negative thoughts about people today. Whatever it is you do, today's the day that you don't think negatively about people. So if you have any kind of important decisions to make, make those decisions without negativity. So if I have something that I have to think, that I have, if I have a decision that I have to make about somebody today I have to set aside all of my negative opinions of that person and make my decisions about them regardless of how I feel negatively about them so write that down so think about that if you're a supervisor or a person or somebody that's going through something negative right now with somebody in your life that was a challenge for me and it took me, it, first off, it took me 
like an hour to get into the headspace to even go there. I had to meditate on letting go of that negativity because I have opinions of that person already. I'm gonna have a drink of my pride out of my pride cup. So I first off had to just get into that headspace and let go of those negative opinions. And then I had to go through all of the scenarios that I had prior, that I had been through prior with that person and take away all of the negativity and see if I could get through them without it. And then I had to go through this scenario without negativity. And how would I approach her if I didn't feel bad about her or without feeling bad about her? Going up to her and saying, I understand this bop, 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 bop. And I came to my conclusion and I came to my answer. I have my solution. And my solution, it turns out, was the same end point. So I knew that I could trust my gut. I knew that I was right in the first place. So I was very, very proud of myself. I was drinking on my pride cup, but I was very proud of myself that I'm in a clear, a clear place emotionally, professionally, that I still got to the same endpoint by when I still took away. And it reminded me that it was healthier for me to get to that endpoint without that anger, upset, and by dissolving all of my <clears throat> anger and my opinion of her, it actually felt a lot healthier to come to that end point without being all fired up because I felt empathetic for this person and I didn't and I feel bad for this person but it still doesn't make the difference it doesn't change the outcome and I can move on and feel bad for them and let them go and not let them go I can let them go so let's get into it a little bit should we let's take a couple of minutes and, and let's talk about shame I'm gonna hit the I'm gonna hit the, the stop button and I'm gonna go to the bathroom give me a sec I wanted to take a minute to talk about anchor this podcast is sponsored by no one, but made possible by Anchor, a Spotify company. Anchor is a free podcast building platform that teaches you to create, distribute, and monetize your podcast for free. Anchor has built-in recording, uploading, and editing tools so that you can easily publish your episodes and then distribute your new podcast to the most popular podcast listening apps with the push of a button. Anchor believes everyone's stories can and should be heard, so they're giving creators around the world, from first-time podcasters like me to pros, a wonderful, powerful platform to share their voices. So, if you're considering starting a podcast, check out Anchor. Okay, so we're back. Uh, I got myself a little bit more comfortable uh, and I'm going to turn and I've got some notes on my computer and so you'll see me going back and forth between the computer and the phone. So we're getting into it. We're going to talk about shame. Um, shame's a nasty but necessary little animal. Um, what you don't know or what you do know about shame 
uh, and what it does to us. So shame, obviously, it, it's the, the fear of humiliation. We've all felt it. We've all been down this road. Um, but what, a lot, what, what you may not know um, is that there, there's four types of shame. There's a few types of shame. Um, and there's some that you may or may not be familiar with. It's always interesting when there's a tow truck in front of the house, isn't there? Uh, so there are, there are four types of shame. Um, the first, which is um, the most fundamental form of shame, um, and, probably, and it's actually the best example of it, is um, the unrequited love or unrequited love. Um, and this can be explained or detailed as um, the, for lack of better explanation, um, the mother-infant relationship. So um, the mother-infant relationship and how crucial uh, that is for the, you know, the reciprocal feeling of joy and attachment for children uh, growing up and that feeling or how they feel good about themselves. Um, and if they're in an abusive relationship and they don't feel that those feelings of love and attachment, then they have those feelings of unrequited love. And with those feelings come shame. So children that are born into a family of unrequited love raise themselves feeling not good enough, feeling shame about themselves. So um, when that doesn't happen or when that, um, that mother-infant relationship or, because I'm an adoptive parent uh, with two dads, so it's hard for me to say mother-infant relationship. So when that um, parent-infant relationship doesn't happen, they're left with feelings of shame or, and this is a hard word to hear, hear defect. Um, on a personal note, my son um, is currently going through these feelings of shame and defect. It doesn't have anything to do with the fact that uh, Dwayne and I are raising him in any bad way. It has everything to do with the fact that Jonah now knows that he is an adoptive child and that there is a family out there that is not us that he was born to somebody else and that somebody else put him up for adoption and we have him. So we are going through a whole new round of emotions along with puberty and the hormones that come along with all of that. So new into our life along with all of this are these feelings of unrequited love. It's tough, but we're getting through it and we are seeking therapy and, um, you know, what we know we have to do is we have to give him more of that parent-infant relationship and we have to offer him more of that, um, sorry, my computer shut off, and I'm really sorry for the squeaky chair. We have to offer him more of that attachment therapy. So when Jonah says, hey, can I have a sleepover with you? Or you want to, you know, hey, can I sleep in your bed tonight? Even as a 12-year-old, it's not creepy. There's no underlying creepiness about that. It's because he is feeling scared. 
it's because he feels the need to feel extra love. Um, along with my son's, um, uh, you know, unrequited love and those feelings of shame, he also has fetal alcohol syndrome. So his brain and his frontal lobe functions differently. So we have to be very careful and tender with him. So there we go. So shame number two, exclusion. This is a fun one. Here we go. So uh, in sixth grade with Mrs. Blatt, um, this is sort of, this is, this doesn't actually, this isn't that, <laughs> but it sort of pushed me into feelings of exclusion, but exclusion um, as humans, um, we're kind of, we're kind of pack animals more than anything. Um, we're tribal. Humans are tribal, but back back in the day when we were cave people, we were tribal more tribal than anything. Uh, Indian clans, and you know, we we moved in packs and we moved in tribes, um, and um, we all wanted to belong. Um, and when that is taken away, when we're excluded, we feel shame. So when we are when we want to feel welcome in a group when we want to be with quote unquote the popular kids or when we um, want to be in a sorority and the sorority says no or when we try out for uh, a band and the band says no or try and get a job and the job says no those feelings of shame that come along with exclusion we carry that deeply Um, we feel it so there's shame number two and uh, this, is, this is one of the reasons why bullying has such a detrimental effect on, on kids. You're being excluded. So number one, I mean, bullying doesn't usually just happen with one person. It happens a lot, but bullying is usually done by a pack of people. So there's usually more than one person bullying one other person. It's usually a pack of people that is bullying one person. So then you're being told that this pack of people, this tribe is against you. So you certainly can't be with that tribe. Gosh, and so then there's added shame coming along with that pack, that that tribe of people pushing you away. Um, so that's an added shame. The third type of shame is unwanted exposure. I'm going to have a drink of my coffee from my pride cup for this one. As a sober person, uh, I woke up with feelings and worry for unwanted exposure maybe once a week, minimum once a week. Y'all out there who are in recovery, you know what I'm talking about. I talked about this in episode five of my blog and my blog reading Um, at the very beginning of it. If you remember and if you listened, how did I get to my bed and what did I, who did I hurt last night and what did I say? Right? That's unwanted exposure. Doing something, saying something that you didn't mean to say or want to say and it having a detrimental effect on you. That's unwanted exposure. Something that brings unnecessary and unwanted attention to you. Uh, that is unwanted exposure, the shame of unwanted exposure. Uh, you're at a wedding reception. I mean, I've been here. 
you're at a wedding reception and you're wasted out of your mind and you're on the dance floor, you slip and fall, uh, and you spill your drink all over one of the bridesmaids. Unwanted exposure. Um, you go to a Christmas business party, work party, and you get wasted out of your mind and you embarrass the shit out of yourself uh, or expose yourself or show pictures uh, on your phone of your genitals and you have to go to work the next day. Unwanted exposure. Um, I say that as a real life, as a real life moment in time. That's unwanted exposure. There you go. That is a moment in shame. And number four, the disappointment expectation. Uh, when you have or set a goal for yourself that you fall short of. Uh, I say, it's a good example for this, is when I was in marching band and we uh, played in a marching band competition and we didn't get the placement that we wanted and we you know, got second place instead of first. There you feel shame for that, right? So uh, those are the four feelings of shame. Here's the good news. We can overcome it. Um, we can overcome it in many ways. Oftentimes, um, when you overcome, you overcome feelings of shame when you do have a win. Um, you just have to make sure you make light of that win. Shame can be a very nasty animal. And the other good news is, as I stated, and I have always stated, you're not alone. As humans, regardless of whether or not you uh, are in a state of recovery uh, or whether or not you are in a state of just life. Yep. Hopefully that continued to record. Uh, recovery or in a state of life, um, you're not alone. Everybody goes through feelings of shame. The important part, the important thing is that you relate you relay it to somebody and you talk about it. Um, you, um, my accountability practice is that I write about it and that I share it with somebody. Um, I have <laughs> talked about my feelings of shame a lot. I'll always talk about it. As soon as I stop talking about my feelings of shame, um, my recovery is in question. Uh, as soon as I stop being accountable for Myself and my shame, my recovery is in question. That is how I am accountable for my, that is how my recovery will always be uh, active, is my accountability for it. So that is my show today. Um, I welcome any recommendations and suggestions. Um, please like and share this episode with your friends. Um, I want anybody to comment on this episode. Um, I would love to hear from you all, please. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, please comment um, in the comment section um, of this YouTube channel. And I'll, I'll respond, I promise. Um, I want everybody to understand that they're not walking alone on this, on this journey and um, that we're all here to hold each other up. And um, I'm here to help. Um, I'm here to help everybody as much as I can. I'm only one person, so. Um, but as a, you know, as a collective, um, we can all make a difference for everybody. So I hope you enjoyed this. I keep bumping my shirt. I hope you enjoyed this episode. 
And now you know more about shame. I hope you know more about shame uh, than you did before. And I hope it makes a little bit more sense and feels helps you feel uh, a little bit less alone than it did prior to listening to this episode. Um, it's, it is just a word, but there are a whole lot of feelings that come along with just that word. Um, and um, we all have it in common. So thank you for listening to this episode. My name is TJ. Um, we're all important. Thanks for listening. See you on the next episode. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I'm so appreciative of your support. You taking the time to listen to my podcast means the world to me. Please feel free to leave me a rating or a comment on Spotify or Apple or any one of the platforms that I share my podcast on. I would be happy to read them on the air. If there's something you want me to hear or something you think I could do better, I want to hear that too. Thanks again for listening. Take care.